Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We have a really interesting topic today. We're talking about teachable moments. When somebody makes a blindness faux pas, how do we deal with it? Do we use the opportunity to educate the correct way to interact with somebody who's blind or do we just let it go? And there are times when we educate and there are times when we let it go and we're going to have a conversation about that. So with me today, I have Keisha and Ishitha. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies. Oh, I thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Why don't you each introduce yourself, remind our listeners your level of vision and why did you want to talk about this topic? So again, this is Keisha and I uh, I work with Blind Beginnings and I uh, I have retinitis pigmentosa. My level of vision at this point in time is pretty much just light perception. It's like, I always like to like say like a few added things here and there, a little bit of color sometimes if my eyeballs are feeling friendly. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just light and shadow. Um, but yeah, and I, I wanted to talk about this because, um, it's, it's a really interesting topic because I face this conundrum all the time about like, do I have the energy today to be an advocate? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, do I have an, the energy today after the, the eighth, uh, you know, questionable interaction to be continuing to be an advocate, you know? regardless of where my life's at you know am i do i have a headache today do i uh have i had to do a lot of like brain work today and like is there you know we are also just humans who are doing day-to-day life so like you know i was like when do you do it but sometimes i'm like this is the perfect time to do it so i have to i have to educate right okay I, we are also humans. We are first humans. Yeah. <laughs> we are humans. We are humans living life who happen to be blind. And yeah. Forget about that. <laughs> but I get what you mean. <laughs> uh, Ishita, what about you? I am Ishita. Uh, I, I have a condition called clone registry. Uh, so I'm partially sighted. And um, this condition generally affects my central field of vision. I can see general details and colors pretty well, but have issues with seeing finer details. I like have it memorized at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wanted to be a part of this conversation because I thought when it was pitched, it was pretty interesting because um, I think I have a bit of a different perspective where because I don't look, quote unquote, stereotypically blind um, a lot of the time with not either when I don't have McCain, um, pe- people either have a lot of questions at once because they want to know like how I identify myself and it just leads to a bunch of questions um, or a lot of more problems with how they kind of treat me. Um, mm-hmm. Or I can just blend in for the day and I don't need to deal with questions and making that decision on whether or not I want to educate um, and bringing that up. Like, actually, I am blind and, you know, making that decision on whether I want to educate in the moment or not. So um, it's a bit of depending on the day, depending on the situation kind of thing. And we'll get into that. 
but mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to just get all of our perspectives and talk about this because it's a definitely an interesting topic. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So maybe we can start by kind of sharing some of the situations I was trying to think of like, okay, when are the times when this happens? So for example, for me, it would be when somebody is guiding me and maybe they're not doing it correctly, for example, you know, so if it's like a construction worker that you've just, you're walking down the sidewalk and there's construction and this stranger who you've never met before is like, do you want some assistance? And I want, I say, yes, please. And then maybe they're doing it incorrectly. So in a situation like that versus somebody that maybe I don't see very often versus somebody I see all the time, you know, are we going to correct them um, or not? Uh, I've also, and we can, we can talk about that in a minute, but just to kind of think of other examples, um, maybe you're out with a sighted person and you're ordering something and the, the server is talking to the person you're with instead of you, like, what would she like, you know, do you jump in and educate or do you just let it go? Um, another thing I've encountered is incorrect use of language. So like the non-sighted instead of using the word blind or just, you know, trying really, you can tell that, that somebody is trying really hard to like, be inclusive. Do you want to go listen to a movie together later? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's kind of this like, okay, well, they're, they're trying, they're really trying, but they're really getting it wrong. Do I, you know, pause and, and interject? I don't know. Do you guys have other examples? I, uh, I've got one right off the cuff. So I'm a guide dog, uh, handler, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a guide dog team. <laughs> and, um, so when I'm working with my dog, like, I mean, I get people on, on all sorts of the spectrum and there's people who are just beautiful who don't do anything and they, oh, and they tell their kids like, don't pet the dog, it's working, da, da, da. I get the people who come right up and pet the dog, and kiss the dog and give the dog food um or call the dog and then sometimes i i educate you know even after educating the person like please just ignore my dog while keep working i still get people like like looking at my dog and and, like saying my dog's name and calling my dog which is like the middle of the spectrum and they almost think like they're like i'm not petting the dog so surely it's okay Mm -hmm. but you're still like you're still missing the point of interaction is the distraction mm-hmm. um so it's like then i'm like oh man i just finished educating you but i guess i'll educate you more ishita do you have any examples of of this i have a lot for sure um but i think the another element that i just come across a lot more often than um i would say just regular people maybe not guiding me well or something which i also do tend to have um i think cultural aspects as well um depending on kind of where you came from where you brought up your perception of blindness is different and the way that people will interact with you will kind of guide that so um i've had more i guess insensitive questions direct um touching or uh, that kind of stuff like people touching my face and um like an instance where again i'm not sure if this was more culturally driven but uh i uh, i was at coming back from school and i was in a crossing situation so i was trying to cross the street and um this light in particular was kind of tricky because um it 
actually wasn't working, like functioning properly. And the safest way to cross was kind of in numbers. So because all of us were getting off at the um, bus, there was like a huge group of us. So, um, you know, odds are people aren't going to like plow through a whole group of people, you know, safer to kind of cross with everyone else. So that's kind of what I was doing because there wasn't much else in terms of they were just doing construction on the light. Um, but while I was doing that, someone kind of pulled me back and physically blocked my way and um, was like, oh, are you blind? Because I had my cane and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, um, I know some kind of remedies to help this. And there's some like uh, <sighs> natural stuff that you can do and like start touching my face and telling me where to massage. And again, <sighs> I have no problem interacting with people who want to share stuff because they were studying that in school. I'm like, that's great. Um, but maybe don't block my way while they're trying to cross safely. Because then I was in a situation where I missed the light and then I was sitting, standing there alone. Um, and I didn't know how to cross independently safely because yes. of the construction that was happening. So um, I think also because they were from a, an Asian culture like me, they felt comfortable to just kind of do that. And because it, it just, it's pretty common <laughs> to do that really. So um, that's stuff that I've been that I've been through that I'm sure a lot of other blind people who also belong to different cultures also deal with. Um, but also maybe dealing with people of different generations. So either elderly or children, it's kind mm -hmm. of the same thing where they don't have a filter <laughs> and they will both equally just either come from a place of curiosity and want to ask you stuff or will grab your cane or um, like I had someone like not really touch my eye, but almost like really close to my eye and like try to like I could follow their their <laughs> line, like their eye, like their finger. And I'm like, um, okay, well, maybe not. As <laughs> in the middle of like a bus, um. So <laughs> and it was a little kid, so I wasn't like too upset because I'm like, well, I don't know how to explain to a kid who's like five mm -hmm. that I can't see very well, other than just saying that I can't see well. I can't really get into the whole medical jargon of it, but um. So it's more of like I think, uh, sometimes people just don't know coming from a different culture or. Um, again, just kind of based on their age, may not understand what the general etiquette is when talking with people with disabilities. Okay, so that totally brings another element, which I hadn't even thought of, is like sometimes the behavior is offensive, like really offensive, like really inappropriate, like not just, like I was kind of thinking more, you know, people are trying to do their best and they're getting it wrong, but Oh, I guess in your, in your examples, they're trying to do their, I mean, in their mind, they are, they're trying to be helpful or they're trying to educate you or they're trying to save you or whatever it is, but it's like bordering on dangerous sometimes. And like, and like, what's the word, um, you know, invading your personal space, like not respecting your, your boundaries, like a lot of things, right? are we more likely to speak up when it's, when it's so blatant, when it's like, I am. Yeah. Like, I, th I feel uh, like yeah. I am too. Yeah. When, when I feel like, they, like there's a level of disrespect that's really like, whether it's like physical touching or, or um, like inappropriately even, or, or, or even just like, just not, not necessarily in an inappropriate place on my body, but just like at an inappropriate time um, or like, a, you know, really, pulling at a certain degree or or asking really uh place inappropriate questions for like the occasion or something mm -hmm. like that um i don't know i i'm quick to anger actually and i have to I have to like tune that down quite a bit and so 
Like, I'm not going to get angry at these people unless they're being actually really insulting. But I, I have been known to absolutely, I rip my arm out, out of people's hands when they grab me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like, I'll, I'll be like, excuse me, like, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that uh, behavior from you right now. And I don't, I don't do it a lot because I don't really like conflict. But if I feel immensely disrespected, I, I'm usually prepared to react. Yeah, I think when somebody, you know, I've had the situation of somebody grabbing my backpack as I was stepping onto an escalator. I got mad at that person. Or if you are the fifth person to grab me in half an hour on my commute, I'm probably going to be, I'm fine, thank you, you know, and just like rip my arm away. Um yeah, what about you, Ishtha, though? Like, this person who touched your face, like, how did you respond? Yeah, so I think it's totally fair what you guys are saying because I don't want people to think that it's not right to not defend yourself if you're in a situation, and getting angry is very valid in these situations. Um, but I think, especially with that person, what I ended up doing was um, my thought goes to, okay, well, I can't physically push them out of the way because I don't want to hurt them. Um, and I did try to say, I do need to cross. I'm sorry, I have a train to catch, but they weren't moving. Mm. So at this point, because this the light cycle was already done, I wasn't able to like kind of run across. My best bet was just to wait it out. Right. Um, and I knew they were just going to kind of say their thing. And, you know, and then if they weren't going to leave me alone is when I would get more, um, I would say, aggressive, not physically, just kind of verbally telling them to back off. Um, so... I kind of assess the situation and saying, okay, is it necessary to really tell them to back off to, you know, um, this is not okay. Are they like, do I physically feel really threatened here? Um, the situation is when I was actually going, uh, also on campus, I was walking and, um, you guys remember when we went to SFU, mm-hmm. SFU has this little pond area. <laughs> oh where yeah. That like crazy walkway. bridge thing with that, no yeah. railings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just for context, there's like a little pond and like a walkway kind of over it. And it's very like jagged e. So it's like it's not straight. It curves. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're not careful, you can easily fall in. But I had been there for a while. And um, because it was like, I think my first year, um, that was the only way I knew how to get to one of my classes um, from the bus loop. So I took it. But that day was also a graduation ceremony. So I wasn't aware. They don't really tell us when stuff like this is going to be blocked off or we don't know. So the whole path was blocked with parents and family members of people who are graduating. Um, but at that point, I'm like, well, I need to get to my class. I'll just kind of like walk through with a crowd and see what happens. Um, <laughs> and I was very cognizant of the the gaps where the water was and like the edge, mm-hmm. purposely staying at least a foot and a half away from each thing. So I was just kind of going through and then um, someone grabbed me really? and pulled me towards them forcefully quite forcefully so i crashed into them and i looked up and my immediate thought was oh my god i'm getting kidnapped um and then i i looked up and it was like a tall man i'm assuming maybe someone's father or grandfather um and just looked at me and i felt not necessarily like i was not safe because there are a lot of people there but i didn't know why he grabbed me and i was like confused and when he like kind of pushed me and like i fell into his chest and i was like oh my god um I'm like, wow, like, excuse me. And then he's like, and then he kind of looked, he didn't explain. But also, if you're going to do that, please verbalize. Yes. I was doing that for safety or whatever. I, I kind of deduced that he was trying to make sure I wouldn't fall into the water. But he just walked away after that. <sighs> and I was kind of just left standing there. And I'm like, so I couldn't even confront him because he just walked away because he probably saw I looked 
shocked and scared yeah and then didn't probably intend that so in situations like that sometimes i can't because they leave or i'm just so shocked i don't know what to do and mm-hmm. then i'm like okay whatever just get to your class and then process it after well, um that'd be so scary yeah yeah well but then i want to say there are situations where someone i thought was crossing the line just verbally saying stuff like making an assumption that i couldn't do anything it was kind of yelling at me like get back get back from the line get back like from the sky train little yes um, those yes um, and I was, I was behind it. So I think they were doing it as safety, but I told them, excuse me, I am back. I don't appreciate you yelling at me. Um, I'm safe. Don't worry oh. about me. So there's been, I feel like I either get the extremes where I get like really pleasant people or just the exact opposite <laughs> in between. So yeah. I'm sorry to relate to that because I was, I mean, I, we have a lot, there's tons of street crossing stories. I feel like we all have uh <laughs> of like misadventures or or really good people even and um but i recently had a crossing experience where i was trying to make it to my bus i'm crossing the street with my dog partner and um this lady totally does the grabbing in the middle of the street thing and i am like whoa 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 like i pull my arm on like no thank you and then she proceeded to get really mad at me (sighs) and was like Wow, like done I'm just trying to help. Like you don't have to be so rude. And keep in mind, like I, I do know how to be rude, but this very this very day I was being quite respectful. Yes. And um and she and I was like she's like asking me all these questions and I'm like, I actually don't even have time to explain to you why. Yeah. Or, we're in the middle of a street for crying we're out. We're on the street and uh, like I'm trying to make it to my bus and it's like you know, that's a, that was the moment where I just, I decided to not say anything else, keep walking faster, even while she was rampaging and getting mad, and just ignore because I was like, I don't, A, have the time, and I, and I don't really know that she deserves it uh, with that attitude. Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. Uh, okay, public service announcement, like, don't pick while we are in motion crossing a street to interfere, like, unless we're walking in front of a moving vehicle and clearly don't seem to know i don't know you know like i don't know that just makes me so angry all of these stories is making me are making me angry so i do want to ask the the mood a bit okay thank uh, you (laughs) such such upsetting stories but um when i did educate one of my friends when i was working with them and i we were out um doing one of our jobs a little bit later in the evening um i was i walked right into a park car not a not a mobile car mm-hmm. um because i couldn't see it um and then i'm like why didn't you warn me she's like you told me not to not to interfere when you're doing anything <laughs> and i'm like i can't even get mad at that right <laughs> that's fair and she my partner's a bit like that like he gives me an immense amount of independence which i really love on one hand it's really something that is a draw for me for sure but some days i'm like oh like yeah <laughs> that was like me like I, I got zero information um so i don't always know where to put the line i know that is so hard it is so hard it's like help just a, just the right amount like 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 forget I'd like you to just forget I'm blind and treat me like everyone else, but don't forget I'm blind because sometimes I'm going to need things. <laughs> People we know may do it a bit better. I well, some of my friends have gone to the habit of like um, step or like pull or, or like 
uh, yeah. hole in the ground like they'll just yell out randomly and it's if you're kind of with us it'll be really random like um okay i don't know why they're just yelling out <laughs> stuff they see <laughs> um and you know you guys and that that takes a while that is not just something that develops over like just overnight um it's a lot of communicating and saying like yes i do want to be independent um please like don't don't just rush in and do stuff but um, if you can tell me when I'm going to walk into like a big metal pole, I would appreciate it and, and like work out a system. Um, but you're right. Drawing that line is really hard. And like, it is a lot of communicating that you can't do with strangers. Just okay. Just interaction. That's such a good point and such a good segue too. So like, how do, because yeah, you spend enough time with someone you get to know just like anything, right? Blindness or not, like this person likes this and doesn't like that or this you know you you just learn you get to know your friends your family members you know what annoys them what doesn't but but for us it's a bit more complicated because it does require us to speak up right like they're not just going to figure it out if we don't say anything and if we don't say anything the behavior will continue ongoing so like how do you guys do that with the people in your lives that you want to interact with you, I guess, properly or optimally? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's actually funny. I've got a few different answers here because like, even in my own personal life, I, I sometimes choose my battles, but I'm usually a bit more vocal just because I usually I'm pretty sure they can handle it and or like I, I know how like we communicate, so it's okay. But like, for example, like sometimes like my, uh, my mom for example sometimes can be like very like she's usually pretty great sometimes she's like you'll be you know heading towards a you know, tree but maybe you're not close to it in reality and she'll be like oh stop 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 or like you know grab you real real quick but like in a, in a good way like i don't know i can't explain it because it, it makes it sound like she's she's interfering in a, in a negative way but i i do genuinely think it's just a mom thing mm-hmm. um but there's they're not like now like as I get older, I'm just like, hey, like, you got to cool it, man. Like, <laughs> like, I love you so much, but like, you got to cool it because I, that is actually super distracting. Yes. To my, to my process here. And like, I know I feel loved. Thank you. But you know, I, that's, you got to stop. You can't do that. And, or like, or like with my, with my partner, like when we're doing whatever we're doing and I'm, I'm not feeling like there's enough description out of him. Uh, for whatever the task is, and I feel like I need more, then it's usually a case of like, sometimes I'll, I'll do the activity the way we're doing it. And I'll kind of make notes in my head and like afterwards debrief, like, hey, that was super fun. I really enjoyed that excursion. I think the next time this is what we should change because yeah. that obviously, I don't really know that that was like the most um, effective communication. And actually, it's also just a good way to communicate in general. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, I tend to do the after, I'm thinking of like Halloween, trick-or-treating with my kid when he was little and my, you know, my husband and I are doing this together because I want to be part of the experience, but he's not really telling me what the kids are dressed up as or what the decorations are or, and I kind of want to be part of that. And, but I didn't say anything until after it was like, it would have been, I would have felt more part of things if maybe you had explained, but he was like, why didn't you say something in the moment? So then I could have explained. So, and I think that is my, like, uh, I don't want to be a burden in any way. So asking in the moment, it's like, 
I don't know. I just have a hard time doing that. I definitely feel like it's easier after it's over. Well, one more thing is that in the moment, sometimes, well, especially when I'm doing like like uh, like physical pursuits or something, I I realize in the moment like uh, something uh, this could could be better somehow. I don't know how, uh, I, and I don't really have time to think about it at this very moment. So sometimes afterwards, the only time I can reflect, be like, mm. hey, why why did that feel like it wasn't great? And like, how can, how could it be made better? And like, of course, like I, you know, people can't read my minds and, and I'm glad sometimes. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, how can we, how can I communicate this in a way that makes sense for everybody? Right. Yeah. You might just feel frustrated, but don't really know exactly what the problem is. Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I know much too much to add to that other than um, I totally agree that getting older helped a lot in terms of being able to set boundaries. Um, parents are always going to be parents and they're going to always try to protect you. I think family just tends to do that a bit more over friends where they'll do the physical like pulling you back more than I have noticed with my friends. They'll just like verbalize a bit more but I've also gotten a lot better at communicating. Um, I think the only thing I would like to add is like I've noticed that once I was more comfortable like once I started taking O&M and I got more comfortable with like street crossings or taking the bus or whatever it is and I just took the lead even when I was with someone and I showed that I can be independent and I can do all these things um people just naturally kind of stopped doing all that stuff with me the people that I interacted with most um and I I'm, I'm sure a lot of our younger viewers are listening and they're like well maybe they're dealing with this with their own parents and with these kind of things it is a tricky thing to bring up um, especially when you know your parents and your family's just trying to do like the right thing and try to help you and protect you. Um, but I do encourage if you're feeling like that, do talk to them. I really, really don't. I hope that they don't just get upset and mad and angry. I, I really think they'll want to listen to you and and you can say like, let's go for a walk. You know, can I show you that I can do this independently that I don't need your help or or please only help me when you see I'm making a big mistake. Um, with me, my was someone from my family would come with me on O&M lessons at the beginning. Um, and my instructor also helped mediate some of that because I really had trouble communicating that. So and, and I talked about it with them and see if that was comfortable, if he was comfortable with it. So there are strategies you can use, but I, it's, it is something that I'll take a lot of patience and a lot of time and um, just, yeah, do, do be patient <laughs> with it. And um just it, it, like I said sometimes it is an after the math thing where you can't really communicate in the, in the moment mm -hmm. um but anyone that is willing to be receptive to you will will be receptive and they will take the time to listen and try to change their behavior so mm -hmm. here's an example um this past weekend i was camping with my extended family and it's you know we had like so my grandpa has a cabin and in the yard is just like a table and chairs and everybody's lawn chairs and a fire pit and and it's kind of the furniture's constantly being rearranged right like pull your chair over here and talk to this group of people and then pull it over like so every time i would get up or try to find my chair or you know get get up and come back or like it was constantly navigating through a ton of obstacles and as soon as i would start to move people would just be like jumping up and oh, oh, Sean, just there's like, you know, trying to help me. 
by either pulling the chairs out of the way, rearranging the furniture even more, not recognizing that like my cane bumping against them is how I'm mapping the space and finding my way. But they're just really uncomfortable watching me do that, I feel like. Um, but I don't, I don't say, I just kind of, oh, thank you. And, you know, like just politely. And this is my cousins, my grandpa, my aunts and uncles, you know, that this is like my family, but not family that I see every day. So like, what would you guys do in that situation? Would you say something or would you just suck it up for the weekend? Like, how do you navigate something like that? Well, I find that sort of thing, like sometimes it is, if I'm having a, a period of time where I'm like tired and I don't really like, I, I don't want to like, fight or stand up for myself or something then that kind of thing sometimes like will be the difference between me being like should i should i go over there and see look yeah. eh, maybe i'll just stay here i'm kind of tired and, like i don't really know if i want to like deal with, with the reactions of these it's usually with often with strangers but sometimes with um with with certain family members or or you know extended family members particularly but um i tend to often when people are doing that I'm like no 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 like don't even worry like just just mm-hmm. just sit down relax enjoy your your tea or whatever you're doing over there <laughs> and um like just let me do this like and if somebody is in the way i i know they'll speak up usually right. they'll yeah see me. right uh, you know uncle sitting in the chair if i'm heading towards them he's probably gonna be like hey hey how's it going yeah um, but unless they're turned away in which case i can usually hear them talking or something like yeah uh, and people would be surprised. Like I, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I might resound with you guys. People would, are probably would be surprised how much we kind of visualize the situation as best we can based on the voices we hear around us, the the noises of the people, like you know, going to and fro, the scraping of the chair. Like, mm-hmm. kind of gives you an idea. Okay, this is laid out over here. This is laid out over here. Okay, yeah, there might be some silent inanimate objects that can't tell you where they are. But- <laughs> <laughs> but like you know i so it's sometimes you know surprising i also do like often when i'm around people i'm comfortable with or even people i'm not so comfortable with, i do like the i i call it the the um like I, I don't even know i put out my hands kind of and like walk around with my hands out like one hand out cane out whatever and then it like i think that kind of looks a little bit weird to people because they're like why is where you're like why are you kind of like walking <laughs> yeah. around here? zombie, zombie. Yeah. yeah yeah but i'm like well hey you know it's just how i got to adapt sometimes i think i've heard you maybe you i don't know i might be mistaking it keisha but i feel like i've heard you say empty chair where are you or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> definitely i was gonna say i i think that's something that keisha and i both do but i've, I've only seen keisha a few times in person but a lot of the situation where when she is moving around, I'm sorry, Keisha, I'm talking about you. <laughs> it's like they're kind of awkward. But it turns into like a comedic thing. Yeah. Where yeah. like you say, we're even there or like, or it's a shape like yeah. the youth or younger people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I I think that takes away a lot of the... It does. Like, it's so are, good. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, it's a great tactic that like I also naturally started doing. And I don't do it with everyone. I tend to do it more with kids or people uncomfortable with sometimes like older adults won't respond well to that but <laughs> it, it helps a lot when you're just like you walk into like a chair like i'm oh, sorry mr chair and i'm just gonna walk around you or, like you know you, <laughs> or you like, like things or you say whatever chair, not the chair where you're like what are you doing over there like, <laughs> yeah. 
a foreign person. Why are you lying on the ground, chair? Uh. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, I, it's it's cool that you brought that up, because I think that is like, I, I feel like. Well, I mean, we've talked about the use of comedy to to you know create Lighten, yeah, or whatever in uh, in advocacy situations or just social interactions. And yeah, I guess that is another way. Hey. Yeah, it's yeah. funny just like reflecting back. I'm thinking like what I should have done in that moment. But that is ex- like this is exactly what we're talking about. Like not wanting to offend. I love my family. I know they're trying to help. I don't see them that often. I don't want to be giving them a blindness lecture when I only see them like maybe three times a year. So I just let it go. But then guess what? Next time, exactly the same thing happens, right? Like if we don't speak up, it's not going to just magically get better unfortunately i think one thing i've kind of grown to accept is and i said a lot because i am also the kind of person who will take every chance to educate and every fiber of my being when i see someone you know saying something i just want to like not fight but really like get the information across correctly i really hate when people have misconceptions about it but it is unfortunately a uh, pick your battles type of situation because some people aren't going to listen no matter what you tell them and some people are kind of stuck in their ways and some people don't want to listen like we've talked about they're not they're just not going to get upset with you and you can kind of tell how it's going to go um as much as i really don't want to say that that is do that like just you know don't say anything i just think that it really puts the burden on yourself in your on your own mental health on your own like you keep fighting someone who really isn't receptive to anything it harms you in the end um and it's like you come to this kind of realization acceptance level of it and it's different for everyone everyone kind of has a different boundary for that different limit for that um it could be just with family members it could be with the situation at large um and not everyone could agree with me that's totally okay too mm-hmm. um but I, I do think that's actually, and then I do bring up also culturally that when it's so ingrained into your culture or so ingrained into the situation, um, it's really, really difficult, especially if you're going to see them once, to bring up this whole thing. Um, and I, I do, I just want to recognize that some people do feel like that. And it's a difficult, very difficult thing to navigate in those kind of situations. Yeah, definitely. I I think I'm often worrying about the other person's feelings, especially if it is somebody in my life, a friend, a family member, or someone I'd want to be a friend. Um, I don't want to call them out. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like really, I don't know, like happy to be included. Um, Sometimes that plays in. So it's like, oh, I'm part of this group. I'm excited to be part of this group. The last thing I want to do is like, embarrass somebody by letting them know that what they've said has actually offended me or is you know not actually act like the correct way to interact with somebody like me or whatever I don't know I I think I'm generally worrying about other people's feelings more than my own in those moments and I don't know that that's necessarily like the right way to be that's just kind of the way I've been (laughs) I don't know you ever get like the you get you guys ever get the secondhand cringe where you're just like oh this is gonna suck <laughs> like oh yeah they're, they're gonna like they're yeah. gonna feel awkward and I'm gonna feel awkward because they feel awkward and like oh sorry buddy totally but, totally 
it's, mm-hmm. it's like, well, and sometimes it's a situation where something's happened. So I'm already feeling embarrassed myself mm-hmm. because somebody's rearranged the furniture on me without telling me. Um, and now I'm fumbling around feeling embarrassed when if they had told me that wouldn't have, you know, it's kind of like it, but rather than, you know, it, rather than embarrass them, I just take it all on myself and I look like a bumbling <laughs> blind person. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's tricky. It's so tricky. So how have you guys like, how, I don't know, where do you start? Like, okay. You know, cause you know, when you meet people at first, if they've never interacted with a blind person, they're often over the top in many different ways, maybe doing lots of things. I don't want to say wrong, but just, you know, uneducated. Um, like if, I don't know, are there times where you're just like, well, this person's hopeless, like there's no point or how do you kind of like start educating them and, or do you? That's interesting. I think for me, it's like, a, I do a little bit of an assessment of the person. Like that sounds really clinical, but it's, it's just kind of like, uh, not really an assessment, but I gauge like, okay, are they like, do do you think they do I think they can handle some humor? Do I think that they are really serious? Are they uh, quite you know what kind of person are they in this moment that I can tell? Like I don't obviously know who they are in their heart, um, but like and then and then I kind of go from there. And, it, and it, if sometimes um, if you can you can tell almost right away when somebody is willing to receive feedback, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you can almost feel it just based on their interacting with you. Other people I've met, and that, and that's probably just me being really judgy, actually, which is not a great thing. But I I find it has gotten me in a good place a lot of times. Like it has led me down the right path. Um, whereas some people, like maybe I'll educate them about like one or two things. I'll say like, hey, please don't do this. This this is how I'd prefer it done. Or and they just keep doing it the same way. That's when I know okay they're not prepared to receive feedback um and then it's like "Mm, i'm gonna i don't know how much energy i'm going to exert on this person Mm -hmm. being that you know there is only there's only a finite amount of energy to exert (laughs) but then if somebody's like hey i'll be like hey you know i please don't i prefer prefer if you did this like this and they're like hey yeah totally like and it's like okay this person's willing to work with me. Yeah. I think what you said about like, if you're tired or cranky or, you know, like there are times when I feel like I get a lot of questions at bus stops. That's when a lot or on buses, that's where the strangers ask a lot of questions about blindness. And, and sometimes I'm not in a hurry or I'm not distracted or I'm whatever in a good mood or I don't know. And I don't mind having those conversations <laughs> and it doesn't even bother me. And I'm, I'm not even eye rolling, not even internally. And other times I'm just like, oh crap, here we go again. Like, I really am not in the mood for this, but I'm trapped on this bus with this person for who knows how long, how do I, you know, and then I just have to be polite and I try to give like short answers to kind of disengage from the conversation look at my phone you know just like try yeah well actually i should try that Ooh, i'm getting a call or even pretend i'm getting a call i don't know but i (laughs) i i just get a bit like i don't i feel trapped and i don't know how to get out of it so 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you would, you have some good rolling up here. Yeah, I think I think very similar to what you said, Keisha. I think the only thing I would add is frequency of the interaction would really also depend on whether I would be more wanting to educate. If it's just like a one-time interaction with like a security guard when I needed help getting to class, maybe not because if they're already not receptive, they're just there to do their job, I'm, I may not take the time. But if it's a classmate I'm going to see pretty frequently, if it's someone who I'm going to interact with maybe a few more times, uh, I will try to take the time if I see them already doing something that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with. And like like we talked about some of the tactics, one of the most common ones I've noticed that I've done is like put out a tester information. So the way that that would work is if I'm meeting someone, like they're coming to get me and guide me, I, I would like it, it would lead into like, oh, have you been a student here for long? Yeah. You know, fourth year, um, I, I, I can see, you know, I, I do know how to navigate, but the campus is so confusing, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and then I would kind of just say, oh, I'm, I am partially sighted. Um, mostly I just need assistance with following so I can whatever. So it's a little bit of information I'm adding in there. And if they seem receptive, like, oh, um, do you mind talking, like telling me about this, this and this? Then, then I'm like, oh, okay, this person is clearly going to be willing to listen to me. Uh, and maybe we can, I can go forward with this. But sometimes if it's just like, oh, okay, and then nothing, um, kind of like the attitude does speak volumes and it's like, oh, okay, I don't maybe see the point in trying to do it. And there have been cases where I have tried and I've, it just didn't work. Uh, I've gotten yelled at, gotten, uh, I'm just here to do my job and move on. I don't care. I've got all these things. So, yeah. uh, and, and, and like you said, Sean, sometimes we don't want to deal with these things. And for like the bus, cause oh, my, bu- my area in the bus is amazing. Um, in the sense of a lot of very nosy people who want to ask questions. Uh, the best thing I've noticed is just go directly to the doors, the back doors, because that way you're kind of standing there and you blend in and no one sees you. So you can just stand there and um, odds are people don't interact. So I've like kind of tried out different places in the bus, mm. like sitting. I also did a little experiment, like where do I get the least amount of interactions? And the days where I'm not like up to talking, um, I'll just go and do that. So I'm not saying that's what everyone will do or wants to do. I just had a free day and I'm like, let me see where I can least amount interactions in the location kind of thing. But I think experimenting, we're, uh, you know, what's what we do when we're <laughs> kind of like learning and that stuff. But I think um, everyone has their own way to deal with it. Um, and however it works for you is okay. Um, the, could these, this topic in general is really tricky to navigate. Mm-hmm. And there's no right or wrong way because we do something and like we're all clearly like also different parts of our lives, different ages. Like we don't even know what we're doing is right. Yeah. So like it is like patience. Like this is a game of patience and a trial and error, I would say, For if sure. anything. It's funny. I always stand on the SkyTrain and, and I never thought about it, but I like to stand right by the door and I face out like I face the door so I'm basically standing in the corner (laughs) and it is so that I don't have to talk to anybody like so you know it's kind of an avoiding of that unwanted conversation and I've got my earbuds in and I'm listening to my podcast or whatever I'm listening to and generally that works pretty well but yeah when you're sitting down you're kind of like a target I don't know (laughs) Yeah, I will say also maybe because uh, I wear a lot of black that may deter people away. So try that. Just <laughs> like wear a lot of black clothes, people won't want to talk to you. I don't know if that. I just noticed that when I tend to wear 
my all black outfits uh i have a lot less interaction <laughs> so mm. uh give it a try you mentioned age i do think that i'm thinking back to when i was a teenager in high school i had this friend so i didn't really at that time want anybody to know that i was visually impaired but i couldn't see in the dark and we would do these band concerts three times a year and i was I played flute and so did my friend. And so we would perform and then we'd go sit in the audience and then sometimes we'd have to go back in the second half and perform again. And she would guide me by walking behind me, putting her hands on both of my arms and like steering me forward down the aisle. <laughs> like, like ridiculous. Okay. And I never told her like, that's not how to guide me. Like she would she was taller than me so she would kind of like steer me along until we got to the aisle that we were going to sit in and then sort of push me into the aisle <laughs> and and somewhere in my brain I thought that looked less like guiding so nobody would know that I couldn't see they would just think she was kind of pushy or something but my parents would see her doing this and they're just like you've got to tell her that's not how to guide you like that, that doesn't look good but it took me more than a year to say something like multiple concerts, multiple, multiple times of her doing that. And I just, it was really hard. It was really hard to speak up and say, well, actually this is the way to do, this is the way you can guide me and we can be more discreet <laughs> and it works better for me. Cause you're not pushing me ahead of you into the dark where I can't see, but, but I was a kid and it was really, you know, I don't know. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to like it was nice of her to help was kind of how I saw that. And I, I don't know, I'm much better now. It's, I, it's yeah. interesting. Cause this is also a really interesting case where it's, I did the same, I did the same thing, but it's a very, very different situation because, um, someone came to my house, a uh, blind youth that I'm really close to and using the cane on the carpet wasn't an option. So because I know this person very well, um, they're also a child, like younger than me, a child. Um, I did feel a bit comfortable doing that. I put my hand on, on their shoulders and steer, steer them to my room. But mm -hmm. I was like, it was like they were a car. I was making like car noises behind them. <laughs> and they thought it was hilarious and they were laughing and they really liked it and they bring it up every now and then. Like, you remember when you did that? And I'm like, well, my intent was so they wouldn't hit the wall <laughs> and mm -hmm. I could guide them safely. Um, but like you see where it's like the relationship and the way that you go about it really makes the difference. Mm -hmm. um and if the person had told me um and maybe i should have asked before i did that but um i think we had the relationship where it, it, if they did like i'm sure they would have said it right away and i would have immediately backed off but um it's also because i am someone who's one and i know how that feels um it's the way that you approach things really makes a difference it could be the same action like they were in these two situations um but the intent and the way that you go about it is different and it's interesting. It's interesting to see how kind of two, two of the same situation can go in two different ways. Mm -hmm. um, Keisha, do you have any stories of like interactions with your partner's family? <laughs> I feel like in-laws add an element of, you know, you're meeting them maybe for the first time or the first few times and they've never interacted with a blind person before and they're probably going to do some things wrong and obviously you don't want to embarrass them because you know, you like their son, like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, it, it's, it's all so entangled when you're entangled with another person, but it, it's like, um, because for me, like, it's really important to 
give a give a good impression to the family of of the partner but also like you know form good relations because you know ideally you'll you guys will know each other and be around each other for a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> um all things going well and so yeah i mean at the beginning i i think there was a lot of things i had to correct um and uh, you know yeah i i'd say a lot of interesting, a lot of conversations that were a little bit uncomfortable for both sides. Um, like it, not all, you know, not always received the most, um, you know, the most comfortably by everyone. But I think over time, it it it, it definitely improved. Yeah, I'm thinking of meeting my husband's family because they live in another province. So it was, you know, like we don't see them very often and they don't know me very well and one of his sisters like I don't think she was comfortable with me like I you know you get that you know you can tell I think she was uncomfortable with my blindness maybe she's just not very friendly um so it added this like I need like I already have a bit of a complex of like wanting to prove my capabilities with people but it's hard to do that in an environment where you're not comfortable you don't know the landscape you're in an unfamiliar place um so i think that even more i'm not gonna i'm not gonna call out anything that's not correct right like i'm not if someone does something that's sort of a blindness faux pas i'm not gonna mention it in that Mm. situation because i'm already like wanting her to like me and wanting to make her feel more comfortable and trying to kind of yeah just like yeah and I, I think one thing that helped us out in our journey of like all getting to know each other was like, and it ties into what you're saying in in the sense that it was having them come to our home once in a while, like when whenever we did things with, at our place or yeah um, that helps or like doing doing activities that we are quite familiar with and then all doing it together because then I like I was able to kind of show off more of my like I'm feeling comfortable with this or this mm-hmm. place or this activity right. Of course, we've done lots, like a few things together that have been like I don't have a clue what I'm doing or where I am. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think it can be nice to like ease into it by by doing it in your environment first or whatever. Um, and, and it also helps when your partner is is like on your side, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, hey, like it, I think it 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 is important when your partner is like they are also aware of how capable you are they're willing to speak up to defend you but or 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 let you be if that's the, if that's what you need mm-hmm. um if you just need to be the one to defend and i think like that helps the family to be like okay like that uh the fact that my child just says this this is the case means that i really think I, i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure i i uh try to pay attention to that i think that really helps mm-hmm I was gonna like ask you guys because with a partner and it doesn't have to be a partner it can be any relationship but like kind of like a where it's like a friend's parent or a friend's friend or something like mm-hmm. that kind of like a middle person mm-hmm. uh, where they have the better relationship with another person but you are meeting them and you are getting to know them maybe having that person be a little bit more not necessarily advocating for you but being since they may be more receptive to the person they know over you they're meeting you for the first time just having them be a little bit more encouraging and vocal about like hey like it's okay or like oh usually she doesn't like it like this and i don't think have someone speak for you 
But has that been helpful for you guys where your partner maybe kind of bridges the gap a little? Yes. In that sense? Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah I, re- I remember my husband being, because uh, I would, I, it's always me getting up to do something, go to the bathroom, whatever. And people are just like, like, like ready, ready to dive into my path to save me. But he'll just be like, she's good. She's got it. You know, she usually has a place mapped out within, you know, first few minutes or whatever. Like he'll, he'll say that. And that would make his family kind of back off or, or relax. I should say (laughs) it would be nicer (laughs) to say relax, but, (laughs) and then over time they see that he's right. Like I do, I do have it and it's okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think everybody just gets so much more comfortable as time goes by. And I agree too, like speaking to the friend family of, of like friends or something like I definitely have um friend, like really, really good friends who, you know, sometimes you have those friends who like their family kind of starts to become like, you know, like your family a bit, mm-hmm. but it always has to start somewhere. Right. And I think it really is the, your friend being the conduit of communication and and comfort between the the two new parties so for sure of course it's it's a it's a difficult topic to navigate and like we kind of touched on there's not a right or wrong but it's just a lot of um figuring out how you feel comfortable in these situations um and trial and error see what works see what doesn't work and sometimes needing to stand up for yourself and being firm on your boundaries but none of that happens overnight it takes a long time and i i do feel i think a lot of us feel as you get older it does get a bit easier um and people in your life are definitely going to be hopefully willing to help you and you can always communicate with them uh if need be and have someone kind of be that mediator um don't be afraid to sort of ask for any of that stuff yeah and i think also the people who care about you probably want they want to know right? They want to know if there's something like, if there's something I was doing that was offensive to somebody or driving them crazy, uh, or being really annoying, I would want to know so I could correct my behavior. And I think that's probably the case for most of our loved ones. Right. (laughs) So maybe not the stranger on the street, maybe they don't deserve all the energy that, you know, but somebody who is in your life, who you interact with regularly probably would be happy to hear in a in a nice way, um, some feedback that so that they could correct their behavior. I would say, uh, don't beat yourself up um, because you know, similar to what Sean and Ishtab said, it's it's a journey. Is you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, you're gonna have days in between, and just like learning who, well, especially to the, to your youth, like learning who you are. Everybody, no matter who you are, takes a while to do that. <laughs> And I, some people maybe even go through their life not even ever figuring it out fully. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pay attention to how you feel. You know, be just you know, spend some time doing some reflecting, and and you're gonna figure it out. Like you're gonna figure out what works for you. So just don't. And I think for sighted folks out there who might be wondering, oh, have I done some blindness faux pas? <laughs> you can <laughs> ask. You can check in because I think if somebody opens the conversation with me. Is there something I do, you know, that's offensive to you or have I done, you know, I, if I have the invitation, it's a lot easier for me to tell you if, 
if you don't ask, then it, it does feel like I'm more worried about hurting your feelings or something. So if you're curious, if you're, or if you're worried, or if you think that maybe you've done something at some point and you want to know, you want to check it out or, or even a specific example, like when I do this, does that, is that offensive to you? Or if I, you know, am I using the correct language when I refer to blindness around you or is, do you prefer something else? Like you, it's always okay to check in. Awesome. Well, thank you, Keisha and Ishitha, for joining me for this conversation. That was really great. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.